This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Greetings, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The third hour of the show, the phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I would love to have you. A lot of you want to chime in on the debate. Uh, If you're just tuning in, there is a couple of things of breaking news we need to get to. First and foremost, that uh, the Fulton County District Attorney, Fawny Willis, has decided she wants to try to escalate a federal or a state-level trial of uh, Donald Trump and his compatriots to this year. I don't know whether or not she can pull that. I don't think she can pull that off, but she's going to try. Donald Trump himself will surrender to Fulton County today uh, and looks like he will be mugshotted. And then lastly, real breaking news happening right now. The federal government has decided to sue SpaceX because the company hires American citizens and legal residents uh, and does not hire asylum seekers and refugees. It's a national security classified project, uh, not a classified project, but a project that is listed as a national security related project. So they hire American citizens and legal residents, and now they're getting sued for doing so by the federal government, which is bizarre. Uh, Breaking news happening now. I want to get back to the phones. Bob is calling. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Eric. I just want to make a, uh, a quick point about your uh, holding us back uh, speech that you just gave. Um, you talked about very specific points, education, uh, China, and where we are with respect to it in terms of metrics, progress against most European countries. You talked about the specifics of what our small businesses need and our, uh, what we need to do in terms of energy independence, it to me reads like a playbook that not only should the Republican candidates heed, but also the Democrat candidates could take a lesson from that playbook as well. So I just wanted to share my thoughts there. Thank you. Well, look, I, I appreciate it a ton, Bob. Thank you very much for, for that. I, I wish the Republicans would learn from, and I, I don't think we need to be talking down the country. We need to give people some hope. And the hope is not that we're going to reverse a decline because so many people feel decline becomes inevitable, but that we're going to unleash the potential of America. Um, it, it, we, we've got to get the grip of government, get the boot of government off the throats of America, get the hands of government to to let go and unleash the American dream. Let us run, let us thrive, let us produce. Um, by the way, um, if you are a subscriber, if you missed what I was talking about, if you want to hear it, if you heard it and you want to hear it again, 
If you text DATA to 33777, DATA, D-A-T-A, four-letter word, text DATA to 33777, subscribe to my daily email. We are going to push out the video of that monologue here in a little while. Um, I'm kind of floored by the number of people who have emailed already saying, where can I Where can I hear you say that again? Uh, just text DATA, D-A-T-A. You should subscribe to the daily email anyway. Uh, you know, we will do the conference again next year, and you got to be a paid and subscriber to that email if you want the great initial discount to get in the front door uh, of the conference. So text DATA to 33777. Text DATA to 33777 and subscribe. Now, Cindy... You're up next. Welcome to the show. Um, thank you so much for taking my call. First, I want to say I love being a subscriber. It's worth it. So much worth it. Why, <laughs> thank you. And we didn't even set you up to say that. So thank you. <laughs> no, I, I also want to say I also want to take a minute. But I do have a couple of quick questions. But okay. you really have helped me get so much more knowledgeable, and I've been able to pass it on to family members. And I realize you've got to be so exhausted. But thank you for all your effort and in inspiring the rest of us. Thank in you so, many so much. Ways. I really, really mean it. Um, but I do have a couple of quick questions. Um, I've got a clarification because you were talking about Mark Meadows wanting to move his trial. I had seen an article that came out 13 hours ago. I don't know if I'm allowed to say where I saw it. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Um, Fox News on mm-hmm. their um, app, on their website. And it said that a ju- uh, nor- in jo- North Georgia, a judge by the name of Steve Jones, mm-hmm. Northern District of Georgia, already ruled against them as far as moving it. Uh, no. And, they, um, and I also... Okay, go ahead. I just want to also mention that um, I don't know this because I always vote in person, whether it be early voting or whatever, but is a date of birth required on the inside of an absentee ballot in Georgia? Oh, they've changed the absentee ballot. I don't think you have to put your date of birth. You have to put well, your driver's license. I'm now. sorry, but there was I know how many people are waiting to talk to you, so I apologize if I was oh, cutting okay. you off. I didn't mean to. But there was an article also on that same web on that same website. I saw that four days ago, a ju- uh, a judge by the name of Burley. Mm-hmm. Um, struck down, struck down the part of the requirement in Georgia for your date of birth to be on the outside of an absentee ballot. Um, okay, yes and no. Um, so this is somewhat convoluted in Georgia law. Let me do this one, and then I'll go back to the other one. Uh, in Georgia law, you are supposed to put your date of birth on the on the outside, or there's an inside form. Uh, The problem is that there are two sections in the Georgia absentee balloting law. One says if, now they've changed it, and now it's if your driver's license number or your state ID number is not on the inside of that form, the ballot must be rejected. You have to do that. But then the Secretary of State also asked you to put other information in, the the birth date and, and address, things like that. And the Secretary of State's office says that if you don't put that information in as well, your absentee ballot will be rejected. The problem is this. There's a section of the law that says if you don't include these things, your ballot will be rejected. And then there's another section that says include these things. But that section doesn't say your ballot will be rejected if you don't. And so what the the judge's ruling essentially says is if the legislature intended for a ballot to be rejected 
by not putting the birthday on it, then you need to move that section of the law to the section that includes all the things that will be rejected, if that makes sense. Um, so you got two sections. One says in this section, all these things must be included or the ballot's rejected. Another section says all these things must be included as well, but it doesn't say that the ballot will be rejected if they're not. And under statutory, there's a, there's a, you, we all take a case in law or class in law school called statutory construction. And the rule in statutory construction that this judge went with is if you have two sections and they're worded the same, but one section includes a shall reject and the other section does not include shall reject, then the presumption is the legislature wants the information but does not intend that the ballot be rejected since that section doesn't say shall reject. Um, so what the judge's ruling essentially says is that that information needs to move to the shall reject section if the Secretary of State is to have the power to throw out a ballot because you didn't put your birthday on it. I hope that makes sense to everyone. In my head, it makes sense, but we'll see. Now, let's get to, to the, the other portion of the question. The, Cindy asked about the ruling in the federal district court from Steve Jones about Mark Meadows and Jeffrey Clark. What the ruling says is that they still have to be arrested and booked into the Fulton County Jail. Mark Meadows asked that his entire case be moved to federal court and then be dismissed. And the other day he filed a, an additional motion and said, we would like this judge to issue an injunction to prohibit Fulton County, Georgia from arresting me until the judge has decided whether or not to move my case to federal court. The hearing to decide whether or not to move the case to federal court is this coming Monday. The decision will probably not be granted that day. The judge will take it under review and issue an opinion. He's going to hear the arguments on Monday. In the meantime, Mark Meadows was saying, since we're not here, you're not even going to consider this until Monday, issue an injunction so they can't arrest me. And the judge, this is what that Fox News uh, story was about, says, absolutely not. You still get to be arrested. Uh, federal case law says that everything can proceed until the moment it moves to federal court. So I haven't made a decision. Therefore, you got to go through the state court process. I think the judge was wrong to do it, but he's a Barack Obama appointee, and it's not really an appealable decision. So it's going to happen. Um, Mark Meadows will have to surrender, be arrested, fingerprinted, mugshotted, and then released uh, with bail. This doesn't mean the judge has rejected moving his case to federal court. It's just that the judge has said until he rules on moving it to federal court, the state process is allowed to play out. Now, Jake, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, Jake. Thank you, Eric. Um, I'm not a lawyer. Many years ago, I received a master's degree in civil engineering, and I think I have some common sense. My question to you is, do you think the uh, Fulton County DA's office has enough staff to uh, get involved with uh, carrying a, a, th these uh, indictments on to as 20, 20 different people? It seems to me like it's take a lot of staff for that. Uh, I don't know that she is. What she's going to have to do and what she has already done is she's hired some outside expert lawyers who specialize in RICO law to handle this case. So there are lawyers in the Fulton DA's office who will be the lead counsel, but a good bit of what they are going to do 
is allow outside lawyers that have been retained to run the case. That's going to drive up the cost to the office, and that's going to drive up the budget spending of the office. And she may cause some financial heartburn to Fulton County because of it. Um, that being said, um, I, I suspect what we're going to find is she's going to load up outside lawyers to serve as special prosecutors for her office to advance this case. And that will put a financial strain on the county, but she'll have enough to get it done. I don't think she herself will like be in the courtroom all the time prosecuting the case. I think she'll rely on her assistant district attorneys to do it as she is in other cases. Um, it's going to be a um, interesting, wild ride to see how she's able to get this done. 877-973-7425 is the phone number. If you would like to give a call, um, one thing I do want to play for you uh, is this from CNN with the debate. Chris Christie asked what he thought of the debate. Governor, what do you think your weakest moment was? I think the weakest moment for, for me was the weakest moment for everybody, Poppy, which was that that stage was completely out of control. Um, and I'm disappointed um, that the moderators didn't play a stronger hand. Um, in controlling what was going on. There were a couple of folks on stage last night who felt they could go over time every time, um, that they could interrupt and had a right to speak on every issue. And that's where the moderators oh. have to say All no right. and shut them down. That and that didn't, that didn't happen. And so what it led to was, what it led to was there being no sense of control or focus yeah. on the debate. You know, the, the number one complaint people had about last night's debate was the crowd. Uh, now, I said 120. It was 135 people. Each of the candidates, each of the eight candidates were allowed to bring in 135 people. I don't know that Asa Hutchinson had 135 people, let alone 135 on the, on the nation who would want to come to that debate for him. But most of the candidates did. Uh, and they filled that room. And so there was cheering and jeering and booing. Uh, Vivek at one point got booed so loudly it was hard to hear him. Chris Christie did as well at one point. Uh, it was kind of chaos. And... I still think Martha McCallum and Brett Baird did the best they could trying to herd the cats on that stage with a crowd behind them who were clear partisans of each of the candidates. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Let's go back to the phones. Mike, let's see. Um, nope. Ah, Mike is on hold. I started to click on the call and didn't realize that he's talking to the call screener. So I will wait. Um, but I can answer the question from Mike uh, on the federal judge rejecting an appeal to move the trial to federal court. I don't if if the judge remove. Oh, there we go. All right, Mike. I, I was going to get into this, um, but you go ahead and ask me your question. Hey, Eric. Hi there. Yeah, this is Mike. Okay, trying to make sure I have the radio off and everything's good. So the question is um, regarding the the federal judge, and I didn't even know it was an Obama appointee until you mentioned that a few minutes ago. Um, on what grounds could he potentially reject the request to move the case to federal court? And if he made that judgment, would that uh, decision be appealable? Um, okay, so, you know, there are some decisions that can't be appealed until after the trial is over and some that can be appealed after they're made. This is one that if the judge rejects moving it to federal court, uh, it would be immediately appealable to the 11th Circuit, which is a pretty uh, right-leaning court. I think he will move it to federal court because the statute 
that is at play is a statute that says if a federal appointee acts under the color of his office, and the color of his office is a phrase that means anything that he does is broadly interpreted as part of his job as a federal officer, then it's got to be moved to federal court. And Meadows' argument is that the phone calls he made were trying to arrange phone calls for the president. He's cited as that's a racketeering act in the indictment. Uh, Being on phone calls while the president's on the phone call listing in, that's the color of his job. He, as chief of staff, does that. Uh, Arranging meetings and getting information for the president, that's, that's part of his job as a federal officer, as chief of staff. So he's got a very good argument that it needs to be moved to federal court, and most legal analysts agree. If the judge says no... Um, because federal law says a federal officer should be tried in federal court if he's being accused of breaking the law under the color of his office, that is an appealable uh, issue immediately. You don't have to wait for the state court trial to be over with to then appeal the judge's decision. So I suspect the judge will move it to federal court, but is not willing to give any latitude at the moment to Mark Meadows so that Mark Meadows does have to go through the legal process at the state level until such time as um, he is, well, moved to federal court. So he's still going to have to get mugshotted, fingerprinted, post bail, be arrested technically, have his rights read to him, all of that. Um, Thereafter, he might be able to make a change. Now, I got to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, y'all, because you can get three of them right now for less than $200, EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. I talk to a lot about these, and I try not to be monotonous, but let me just give you some examples of how this works, because yes, it gets rid of the pollen and the dust in the air, but my friend Pam, who works with me at my flagship station, said she and her husband had a dead animal on the wall, and it stunk. It's one of those you can't get out. She was able to use her Eden Pure Thunderstorm and wipe out the odors. I have gotten a rental car before, and I could smell the car before I even got to it. The smoke odor in it was so strong, and it wasn't cigarette smoke odor. I was able to fire up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm in the car using the USB outlet, and I just let it run. I sat at the airport for about 10, 15 minutes, just let the Eden Pure do its business, and it wiped out the odors. Uh, No longer smelled like a dead skunk. Uh, frying odors, smoke odors, a buddy of mine smoked in his truck and his wife was furious. He used the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, wiped out the odors, and now he keeps smoking in his truck and his wife doesn't know things to the Eden Pure. But anyway, you get three of them, one for upstairs, downstairs, your basement, your car, your RV, your travel bag, whatever. You plug it with USB, you plug it in the wall, you go to EdenPureDeals.com, you put in the discount code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, you get three of them for less than $200 and you get free shipping, EdenPureDeals.com. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program? I think we can move on from the debate now. I want to talk about something else. I've saved it intentionally by design for the end of the show. Today in Fulton County, Georgia, Donald John Trump will be arrested for the fourth time. This point is kind of not news. It's just a day that ends in why. <laughs> um, this is the state case in Fulton County. Uh, he will surrender at some point today. Uh, I I got to thank Donald Trump for this. In all seriousness, I was supposed to do a lot of TV tonight. 
I was supposed to be on TV basically from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. to talk about the debate last night. And thanks to Donald Trump waiting until this evening to surrender in the Fulton County Jail, all of it got canceled um, except for two hits, uh, one with Leland Vittert on News Nation at 7, one with Anderson Cooper at 8 o'clock. Uh, CNN had asked if I would come up to Fulton County and stand in the heat with them uh, to do some live shots on the Trump indictment. I was like, I, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm taking tomorrow off, and I am winding down tonight and decompressing after a very insane week. I got to stick around my office this afternoon and write some thank you letters for the people who sponsored my conference. Um, I know I'm, I'm not going to go do a live shot. And, and so a lot of my TV hits got canceled. Um, there's some breaking news happening at this moment regarding that Mark Meadows, after the judge's rejection of his request to uh, enjoin the DA from an arrest, Mark Meadows has now turned himself in and has been booked into the Fulton County Jail. Uh, he is being processed right now. His mugshot will be released shortly. The Fulton County Sheriff and the Atlanta uh, City Police Chief have been seen at the jail. They are awaiting the President of the United States. There are protesters and supporters outside. Uh, there are uh, uh, Black Voices for Trump have a, have a booth outside the jail, and uh, one um, black supporter of Donald Trump was wearing a shirt that had the the variation of the N-word that ends in the A uh, for Trump on his shirt. I'm not making that up. Uh, um, they did an interview with him, and he, he said he thinks there's a two-tier system of justice and that Donald Trump's gotten a bum deal, and he hates Fawny Willis, the DA, and he is all in for Donald Trump. I put this at the end of the show because it's news, but is a fourth indictment really news? Is a fourth arrest really news? I'm kind of shocked that so much of the national media attention today has been about last night's debate, even with Fox. And again, Fox News only allowed us to play in one show three minutes total audio. That was it. You weren't allowed to go more than three minutes of total audio. And the result, of course, is that um, each now that's three minutes per show. My problem is I got a three hour show and, and I don't know exactly how they're going to um, process something like that, uh, how they actually would. Um, would they say my show is, is three separate shows because that's the way the podcast is broken? Out? I don't know. But I wasn't otherwise going to go down that road. Now, what I find remarkable is, well, look, here, let me, let me just play you some quick audio here. This is CBS Includes, News. Uh, the, the American spirit of ingenuity. We have to be able to promote our own agenda. That's why our, our organization launched the Climate Commitment. which is That's Benji Backer. He's a Republican environmental activist, and he's talking about the debate. This is, uh, what is this? This is Newsmax. There's Judge Andrew Napolitano. He's suddenly talking up his his... And Mike, if you yep. had 50% and your closest to rival was down yeah, in the 20s why? and everybody else is in the, the single point? digits, why no, unless right. there's a change? No, You've run. They're, they're talking Trump, but they're talking about the debate. Um, this is Washington Journal on C-SPAN. This doing to him is purely political. And they, they're talking about the debate. Um, you go over to Fox News. Interestingly enough, Fox News is talking about um, 
the the lady at the the female anchor at at ESPN who was sued. Um, but what's so notable? This is Sandra Smith and John Roberts, America Reports. They've been talking about this. They have covered their debate, though. You know, the only one, the only network that is covering the Trump indictment. October, and now what we're seeing happening, as uh, was just described, uh, what do you make of what's happening and what happens now? That's MSNBC, of course. All the other networks are focusing on big issues, but MSNBC is focusing on the rest. Even ABC News right now is focusing on the debate. ABC, CBS, um, CNN. Milwaukee. Yeah, this is ABC News. A heated and combative Republican debate. That's it. Um, You got all these news channels. They're focusing on the debate. MSNBC, obsessed with Donald Trump being arrested. By the way, MSNBC's ratings have gone up because of their obsession with Donald Trump's arrest. They've been doing very well. They've been giving Fox News a run for their money. Uh, but they are obsessed with the arrest. They are ignoring the Republican debate. Of course, MSNBC's audience does not care about a Republican debate. They do not care about uh, the positions Republicans took. It doesn't matter if a Republican took a position the Democrats agreed with. They would wind up hating that position because a Republican came up with it. And so MSNBC is obsessed about it. It's just very notable to me how many of the networks aren't really covering right now this arrest. And I talked to a major uh, editorial producer for one of the major news networks yesterday who said, that in he says I, I'm not the boss of my network, but in my opinion, a fourth arrest isn't news. A first debate is, and that's how they're covering it. And I'm I'm actually I actually genuinely am shocked that that's the way it is. Now News Nation has just pivoted from the debate to arresting Trump. The question is how much more coverage will get. But there's also something else here that goes along with this, and that is. How memorable does the debate continue? How memorable of a performance did these candidates really have? The tit-for-tat with Nikki Haley and with Vivek Ramaswamy will, I think, stand out for a while. Um, I I, I actually do think that that will be the case. I, I think that one will live on. I think that Ron DeSantis arguing they're not children and going after Joe Biden over Maui, I think that lives on to a degree. Um, there were some impressive moments on that, I do think. I And you've got, for example, even Fox and Fringe this morning being very high on Nikki Haley's performance. And the general consensus is that Ron DeSantis got away with no blows and looked leaderly on the stage. So the question will be the polling now. None of you like to talk about the polling. I don't actually like to talk about it, but it is news. How does the polling shift? Do any of these candidates get a bounce? My suspicion is Vivek Ramaswamy does get a bounce for a little while until the pylon begins. We'll see if that happens. But I did want to make a point here towards the end of the show that we're covering this arrest. I'll be on TV tonight. I'm sure I'll be asked about it. But I'm pleasantly surprised, actually shocked, that the American political press is not just filling the zone with Trump arrest coverage and actually has spent time today talking about the debate. And I'm also just really intrigued, really intrigued, 
that nobody's talking about the Tucker Carlson interview. It supposedly has 200 million views. And by the way, I got a note uh, from a reporter who was listening to my show earlier, hoping I would talk about the the Twitter thing. He said, uh, surprise, Twitter, and Philip, you need to listen to this. You need to listen to this. Um, Twitter has changed the metrics. It used to be on Twitter, it was if you could see half the video for three seconds with or without sound, it was considered a view. They've lowered it to two seconds. And also, if you retweet it or you quote tweet it, that's considered a view now too. So it doesn't actually mean people watched it. It just means people encountered it on the site for at least two seconds as they were scrolling through. And that's why there are so many massive views. The the tell that no one actually watched it is nobody's talking about it. That's actually, I think, not good for Donald Trump. Everyone says he won the debate last night even though he wasn't there. I don't know that that's true. If so many people watched the debate and nobody watched him, it allows these other candidates potentially to shine, and that has a long-term impact. And then if he does decide in the future he's got a debate, that is kind of an acknowledgement of weakness on his part. He probably should have rephrased he wouldn't go to this debate instead of using plural and saying debates. Now, back to the phones we go. Uh, Darlena, you're going to be up next on The Eric Erickson Show. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me. Sure. Um, I had a, had a follow-up question to the Mark Meadows um, situation. And if his case does get pulled out to the federal courts, do all of the facts in the Donald Trump case in Georgia move with him and are not in the case going forward? Uh, so Mark Meadows, his motion is only to move himself to federal court, not to move the others. Um, I think the judge would have to move it all to federal court. He couldn't move just part of it. Jeffrey Clark's motion is to move the entire case to federal court. If I was a betting man, and I'm not, but if I were, I would bet that the judge combines the Clark and Meadows motions into one legal action to move the whole case to federal court and that he does. Um, I, I actually really will be shocked if the judge doesn't move it to court because federal law is so clear on the issue. Um, and I, I think with Mark Meadows and Jeffrey Clark both in the mix, a, a, a an assistant attorney general and the chief of staff of the president, let alone the president of the United States, I think you got to say they're going to move it to federal court, the whole thing, not just Mark Meadows. Um, if it does move to federal court, it becomes a more streamlined case because the federal criminal rules of procedure are better rules than the state rules, but the federal criminal rules of procedure – do not favor prosecutors as much as Georgia's criminal rules of procedure do. Um, the district attorney is not an expert on the federal rules. She'll have to hire some people more to help her, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, now, uh, let's go to Bob. Bob, welcome to the case. Welcome to the show, rather. Yes, I always enjoy listening to you and hearing your comments. Uh, it's very informative. My Thank question you. is, and, and Art Meadows wanted this done before he was arrested. So now he has an arrest record, and the others going through this would, too. If these cases are, are his and others are moved to federal court and then subsequently dismissed, can they then have their arrest records be struck? Um, no, they cannot. Your, your arrest is part of the permanent record, so you're not going to get your arrest expunged. Uh, you're not going to get your mug shot deleted or your fingerprints deleted. It's, it's a part of the process. So they can't get it undone. Um, he's found um, the case is rejected. But, you know, if you're arrested, you're arrested. Uh, and that, that's that's a process. And that's a an executive process. 
to bring you into the judicial process. And you can't uh, have your, your records not expunged, per se, because you're not found guilty or not guilty. Your record is based on where you found guilty or not guilty. Uh, and if that's thrown out, uh, no, his, he's not going to be able to get rid of his arrest. Um, that's just that's just part of the process there, uh, which kind of I, I, I kind of think the judge erred in not immediately moving it to court and, and enjoining the arrest. I, I think the judge should have, but the judge is an Obama appointee, so I didn't really expect him to. And it's kind of played out thus far as I've expected it to. And I still expect that the case will be pulled into federal court. Welcome. It is Eric Harrison here. So my my kid is trying to come up with a good Winston Churchill quote. <laughs> she's she's found some. I told her I told her that hers. So she's she's on the homecoming court at school. And I told her for hers it should be the price of greatness. His responsibility. She's like ah, that might make me sound too much like a megalomaniac. <laughs> Churchill could get away with it. Um, but. Uh, you know, one of the other ones that I love from Churchill is I am prepared to meet my maker. Whether my maker is prepared for the great ordeal of meeting me is another matter. <laughs> um, he, he's got some great, great quotes. Uh, okay, uh, let me give you the lay of the land here. Uh, Donald Trump surrendering this evening. The media will go wall to wall with that coverage as they await a mugshot of Donald Trump. The Fulton County Sheriff's says he will have one uh, because he will not be treated. Uh, you know, they're, they're turning this whole uh, second uh, double standard of justice thing on him, saying that they're not going to treat him to a double standard of justice. They are um, going to... Um, they're, they're going to treat him like everybody else, which is good in and of itself, I suppose. Now, full honor, honesty, candor, disclosure to all of you. I'm tired. I am, I have struggled this week with aggravation, um, because I have tried to put on the best show possible every day this week for you guys, and I'm exhausted. And I'm exhausted because of this past weekend. Uh, and the just nonstop this week hasn't stopped. This week won't stop. Um, and I got to be on TV until late tonight. And I, I feel like so my brain is a brain that does not stop spinning. I go to bed with the thought in my head. And when I wake up, that thought is there ready to, to rile me back up and, and spin again. It doesn't stop. There is no quiet, no rest for the weary, particularly this week because of uh, having gone through that conference, which was extremely successful. We had a more positive coverage of that conference than uh, I expected. Uh, the national media buzz, international buzz, six countries had reporters there. Um, we had massive media hits all over the country. I've been doing a lot of work. I, I've still got thank you notes I've got to send to sponsors and speakers. I'm just exhausted. And, and I, I, I have tried my best to get the show across the finish line. And it became very obvious on Saturday. Well, it became obvious on Friday night when I fell asleep in a restaurant that I was going to be worn out this week. Uh, and I gotta, I've got to go out of town tomorrow and I know I'm not going to be well rested this weekend. Um, but it's my kid's birthday. We're going to go to the in-laws. Um, so I'm going to take tomorrow off and I hope you understand so Jeff Katz is going to be here tomorrow to cover Donald Trump's arrest, however much or little he wants to cover it. I'm not going to be here. 
Uh, and, and I'm okay with that. And I hope you are too. Thank you all for putting up with me this week. Um, now I, I do, I want to talk a little bit more about stuff before I get out of here because there is more stuff. I'm not just trying to fill time until the clock runs down, but I just, I do want you to know that I am, um, I'm tired and I'm going to go away for just a day. I'll be back next week, but now I need to turn your attention to this story. It is bad enough that we have Florida man. Those of you in Florida listening in Jacksonville and Orlando and in South Florida about to be on in another market there. I can't tell you which yet. It's a surprise. We don't have Florida man. Y'all, we now have a Florida monkey. That's right. There have been sightings all over Orange City, Florida. Uh, from a Popeyes and beyond. Now, uh, Orange City is 30 miles north of Orlando, and there is a monkey running free. Orange City police officials got wind of the drama, and they suspect the monkey or monkeys may be members of a little-known wild primate population in Florida. That population isn't known to live near Orange City, but Florida's alligators, pythons, bears, and crocodiles are notorious for showing up in unexpected places, and there could be Florida monkeys now. I had no idea. Reese's, um, what do you, what, macaque, I, I can't pronounce the last name. My brain's not working at this moment. There's a wild population. They've been documented to live along Florida's Silver River since the 1930s when a commercial riverboat captain released a half dozen on an island to boost tourism. University of Florida researchers say, well, it turns out they're great swimmers and they swim off the island. You know, there used to be this animal adventure place down there and a monkey came out of a tree when my sister was little and stole her pacifier. She's still haunted by the memory of the monkey stealing her pacifier. Well, they're now running all over Florida. I guess Gretchen can't go to Florida now because there are monkeys everywhere. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Florida man to Florida monkey. God bless you people in Florida.